You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Antler Up Podcast. Holy cow, we are on episode 200. And man, I really cannot believe this. This is friggin' awesome. Uh, really excited for this episode. And for this week's episode, I was joined by PA native and straight up awesome hunter, Chad Snader. I'm thrilled to finally have Chad on the podcast because it's literally been three years in the making to finally have this one recorded. So just real quick, a few years back, I was trying to possibly do those mid in season episodes back when we first started and just became a little too much on my end and asked Chad to come on. Well, plans obviously fell through, but we kept tabs on each other. And over these last three seasons or so, I've watched Chad knock buck after buck down, turkey after turkey. And this year, he had one hell of a week in October. So we discussed his success from this specific week where he notched his PA bear tag, fall turkey tag, and PA buck tag. Chad and I had a fun conversation during this hour where we get an introduction to who he is and really what has helped Chad overcome or become more consistent with his success over the years. I found Chad to be extremely relatable, and I believe you, was, you will as well. Uh, just another great hunter from the state of PA that puts in the work and enjoys himself out there. And I hope you all that are listening have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your friends and family this week. Stay safe out there in the woods this upcoming rifle season, especially here in PA. Enjoy this fun episode, and if you like what you hear, please uh, share it with your friends, your family, and keep tabs on everything because we're going to kind of we're going to build upon what we're doing and what's been successful, but also try to change things up a little bit, especially when it starts coming winding down. So really, it would enjoy your input of what you would like to hear, uh, certain guests, maybe topics, stuff like that. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you for the support again and, and share it with your friends, your family, but also go on iTunes, write up a summary uh, of a review, leave that five-star review or also on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, man, thanks for, for all that support. Be on the lookout. We have a coffee release that we're doing uh, with Ed over at Our Grounds Coffee Company, just a limited uh, number of bags and just 
I love coffee, so we wanted to team up. I wanted to support a guy that's just doing some awesome things, trying to build a dream of doing his own thing over there at Our, Our Grounds Coffee Company. So check that out as well. Thanks again, everybody. Enjoy this episode. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Hey everybody, before we get into this week's episode, I want to share some exciting news. The Exodus crew is now launching the Exodus Vault. It's a place to lock in significant savings on their website over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Exodus Vault will feature some of your favorite products or Exodus gear you haven't considered checking out. Varying from limited run products to last chance savings on customer favorite products, which is one of the Exodus Render, where you could save $95 on one while supplies last because once they're gone, they're gone. I've had nothing but amazing experiences with the Render. I have two of them, and I'll tell you what, phenomenal photos, phenomenal videos at a great data plan price. No glow flash. The Render will provide critical real-time data right now for you that you need. And again, once they're gone, they're gone. It stood the test of time with thousands and thousands of hunters out there. So again, the final opportunity to purchase this render, but you could get also some second chance arrows, or you could also get a memory card holder. And real quick, there is no additional coupons that will be allowed to put on this, but to show your support for the antler up podcast, go ahead and put antler up in your order notes. That will just show that you heard it from me and it'll help me out with, with those guys as well. So Definitely check out the Exodus Vault because, again, some great savings on some phenomenal gear because once they're gone, it's gone. So check it out over at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show this week. I'm joined by Chad Snader out of Pennsylvania. Chad, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks, Jeremy, man. It's uh, I'm glad to be on. Dude, it is a pleasure to have you on. We're just talking about what an asshole I am because it's been three years in the making to finally get you on. And, dude, I am so stoked because since those three years, dude, I've watched you knock down, it seemed like, buck after buck, turkey after turkey, and then obviously this year a bear and a turkey already. And, you know, we're airing, we're recording this one at the end of October, the night before Halloween, the 30th. And dude, you're already you're the triple crown king already of, of Pennsylvania. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's been a crazy it's been a crazy week for sure, a crazy season too. It's yeah, I can't believe it. Definitely, uh, 
definitely a, a blessed season for me so far. So, Oh man, dude. And you know, like we were just saying too, I, I think it's, I can't wait to hear your perspective on like what you do during the off season, like what's really kind of led to your success. But, you know, before we do all hear about your fun stories about this year, Chad, you know, I guess give us a quick rundown of who you are, where you're coming from, and we could go down some fun rabbit holes. Yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, Chad Snader. Um, I'm from Southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, grew up in a hunting family. Uh, my dad has hunted, um, in Canada out West, uh, obviously here in Pennsylvania, some other states here. Um, so grew up with, with him as, as somebody I looked up to in the hunting space. Um, also my, my grandpa hunted, my aunt, my aunts and uncles hunted. Um, so grew up in a hunting family, married into a hunting family. Uh, so pretty much surrounded by it. Um, started hunting, like, I think it was the year that they started the Pennsylvania started the mentor program. I believe it was, um, was my first season. Um, was able to shoot a first buck that season, and like ever since then, I've been hooked. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's been a wild ride, and uh, hopefully, have uh, many more years of of hunting seasons to come. So. Dude, that is awesome. So you married in into it as well. So something that like not a lot of individuals, especially if, like when the guys are concerned, like they don't have that a lot of opportunities where you grow up as a hunter and and you're you're engulfed in that lifestyle. Then luckily <laughs> you marry someone that's also the family is involved, and you know that's awesome. Good for you, man. And and uh, do do you have any kids? You, I think you have a, a a a little girl. Yeah, I have a little. I have a little girl. Yeah, uh, she just turned one uh, last month. No, beginning of this month. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully she's been surrounded by this, uh, for, for the year of her life. Uh, so hopefully she'll be able to uh, take on, I definitely look forward to taking her out and, uh, getting here in the outdoor space too. So dude, that's awesome. That is fantastic. That's one thing as, as a dad and my daughter, she's nine. So, uh, but I mean, it's, it's crazy how fast they grow up, but it's just so cool to see the, the uniqueness that each you know, kid like grows up to be and what they they're into. And my daughter loves uh, the fact that like I messed up. So don't do what I did where I got her mentor license a couple of years ago, just because she really wanted to. And she liked the idea of it when I probably just should have said, Hey, you're coming hunting quote unquote, when she should have just, you know, would be sitting in the blind with me or something along those lines. And I actually like made the dumb mistake of getting her, her license, even though she wasn't going to be doing anything with it. Um, because you only get that for three years. So if in a perfect world, I would have waited until like, uh, what? 10. So then she could have done it or 10, 11 and 12, basically, or nine, 10, 11, or, you know, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, so, so don't make that same mistake like I did because now I, she has to like gap two years, but, uh, you know, but this, the, the beauty of that is she's still showing interest. She still loves shooting her bow. We've gone on our local 3d course here a couple of times this past summer. And, you know, she, over the summer, she was like, Hey dad, it's Tuesday. We're, why aren't we at the 3d course? I was like, all right, kid, well, let's, let's go. We're doing it. You know, it was like her little Tuesday ritual to do with dad was to go to the 3d course. So we did that like all summers. It was a freaking blast. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love, uh, definitely love shooting a bow for sure. Yeah, dude, man. Awesome. So, all right. So just to give other, other individuals like a rundown, like I said, it's been three years in the making that you and I have been, you know, talking on, on Instagram and watching from afar, cheering each other on as far as, you know, seeing what, what kind of success you're having. And dude, 
over these last three years, I got to say, man, you've been extremely, extremely consistent with your success in all facets of, of hunting. Like whether you're doing some bird hunting, whether you're doing obviously whitetail hunting, but it, I mean, you're what, a couple of years street going for, for bucks are concerned as far as archery goes, right? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I was, I was look. I was trying to look back. I try to keep like records of like the deer I shot and where they were. Um, and we can dive into that too. Uh, that's kind of one of my, I don't know, I not really a keys to success type of deal, but that's one thing that I do that, that I found it definitely helps. Um, but yeah, I, I'm on like a 10 or 12 buck streak. Uh, and I don't know what it is with the bow. I'm trying to remember. Um, there's quite a few with the bow, uh, in a row here in Pennsylvania. So, um, I guess to start out, like, um, I have a pretty flexible job. Um, I work construction with my dad. So, uh, when it comes hunting season, uh, we work all, we work all year, uh, so we can take off and, and, and go hunting. So, um, that's a passion that we both, yeah, like I said before, that we both, that we both share. And so being able to, to take the time, um, and we got into a little bit here before we started recording to take the time, uh, to go out and, and put your time in the stand is definitely one thing I'm, uh, blessed to do. So that's awesome. And so like these last couple of years, man, like what's been working for you? Because, you know, I could sit here in my shoes today and say like, okay, yeah, it's been great. I shot five deer in October. I'm super proud of that. And I'm super proud of it because of the work I did in the postseason, right? In that preseason timeframe. I said to you, I've really focused on the quality of hunt compared to the quantity. Like in years past, I was like, okay, after work, I'm going. And it would just be like, well, where are you going? I don't know. I'm just going to go here. And I never really had a game plan. And this year I was very strategic on things. So I just want to know, chat, like from you, from your perspective, what has worked for you, especially like these last couple where I know you've killed with the bow specifically and dude, you've killed them pretty early. Like you just said, like, your postseason, your preseason scouting, um, that's definitely one thing that I've, I've put uh, emphasis in. Um, boots on the ground and, and really, you know, the woods change so much throughout the year. Um, I love scouting uh, that, you know, early springtime, you can still see trails, you can still see scrapes, uh, rubs stick out like, you know, they're shining out there the whole woods is gray and then you just got this nice, you know, bright rub. So going through marking a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, as you roll into season, you start rolling with your trail cameras and, um, I don't run like a whole ton of cameras, um, on the piece that we're at, we're at. Um, but being able to like look back on historical stuff. And that's one thing actually with my buck this year, of uh, the spot, uh, where he was, he was, uh, showing up, uh, I believe it was, I think it was like three nights in a row and then off and on throughout the beginning of October. Um, you know, not in daylight. He was, it was like middle of the night stuff. Um, but historically, uh, that, the, the, the 24th, the 23rd, 24th, 25th has been like a money day for me. Um, I've killed a lot of bucks. I've actually killed a buck four years ago. I killed a buck in that exact same spot, almost the identical time <laughs> that I killed a buck this year. Uh, so, and then, you know, organizing all your camera pictures, uh, being able to, I don't know, look back. That's one thing I, I save all my buck pictures. I don't care if it's a, you know, a little forky or if it's a, you know, a one fifty. like being able to, being able to 
to store those buck pictures and be able to look back and see for me like weather has a lot to do with it but it soon starts what i'm noticing is 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 the dates seem to line up almost every year of you know within the day of of each other of being good kill days i love that the pat the fact that you just said you store every buck photo and dude i'm sitting here thinking like dang, Jared, like, why aren't you doing a lot? Like I, I keep a, a good bit, I would say, but I need to do a better job of categorizing them basically of like, okay, you know, here's this time frame and, and whatever like that, because there's countless, uh, just like you, where you and your dad, I'm sure just go nonstop talking about this stuff. And that's the exact same thing that my dad and I do, you know, and we'll talk about like, oh yeah, like we've like, hit, I'm, I'm speaking as my dad, he'll be like, we've had, um, like, at least five, six good ones last year, Jer, like on camera. Like, remember those? Hopefully they made it. Well, if we've kept a running log, like now that you're saying that, I'm thinking in my head, if we would have kept a running log and we see certain deer, there's a certain time frame where things just heat up. I love, like I said, it's October 30th right now, so it's not going to air for a couple of weeks, but I've been loving to see messages online on Instagram or text messages from buddies getting in there saying, sending me a picture of a buck right now, like within the last couple of days. And they're like, haven't seen him since July. You, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're able to see that and keep tabs on that because you know when they show up or not. And it's just, I don't know, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, so I would say, man, for you, a good piece is being organized with all that data. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and I'm not like running like monster spreadsheets or whatever, mm-hmm. but I definitely, I definitely, you know, have folders for, for different bucks and have folders for like, you know, different seasons and stuff. Um, and then also keeping a journal, uh, and my dad's done this for, for years and years and years. Uh, I, he does it on a tablet and I do it on my phone. So there's a generational generation difference there, but, uh, uh, keeping, keeping a log on your phone. Um, for me, it's like, you know, the date you sat, you know, where you were, what you seen. Um, and it's pretty cool to be able to look back through the years and there again, and being able to see that, you know what, there are certain days that, that stuff correlates together. Yeah. Um, that are, that are kill days. Um, so like to build on that, Chad, are you seeing, like how you said too, like weather plays a role. I mean, I'm even thinking from my personal experience, man, like you said, the, that eight, like that 18 to 23rd, if weather cooperates pretty well. And as long as you know, pressure is, is pretty at a bare minimum or low at at what that specific time or that specific place. And over time, if you are able to keep that, like how you said, date, date, certain dates seem to line up to kill really well. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Yeah, yeah. And like even it's crazy I've had uh last year uh, there was a there was a really good 2-year-old that I passed uh a couple times. Uh but the first time I passed him was in a certain spot 
um, I believe it was like October 17th or whatever. Uh, roll around to this year, got trail cameras of them. Nice three-year-old eight-point, uh, definitely something I'm go- I was going to shoot. Um, and actually had an opportunity. Went to the spot. Uh, it was a day later that I seen him the previous year. I believe it was like, uh, I think I seen him on the, oh, the 16th or 17th, and I was there on the 18th or whatever. So it was a day later. Well, don't you know, the deer shows up within within an hour of when I seen him the previous year. Um, I wasn't able to get a shot on him, just, just the way everything worked out. Uh, but it was pretty cool to see to see that deer show back up. And I don't know if it was, you know, was it a freak thing? I don't think so. I think historical data, for me, I guess, I, for me, historical data has been something that, that has killed deer. Okay. Even if it's not even like the specific deer deer or deer in my mind they're gonna they all have different personalities or whatever i don't want to go to the weeds too far of, you know bill and harry and whatever all you name your box but like uh i think deer deer and deer are going to do the same thing especially if you learn your piece um and you have and you've put time into that piece you've scouted and yeah there's different things that you know crops can change acorns can change uh you know having different mass crop or whatever uh but I think deer move through a piece pretty much the same way. Yeah. Um, is how, is how I've seen it. When, when you see that too, Chad, I want to build upon that. What are you seeing as far as, uh, like the bedding situation goes? Cause like for me, especially Northeast PA, I see it as like more of like a general area. You know what I mean? Like not a specific bed or this bed, that bed. I, I think it's more of a specific general area and you know buck may bed here and he may not go back to that spot like he might be in that vicinity and he might be a couple yards away but he's not bedding in that same bed that's kind of like what i've noticed over the last couple years what i know you're like you said in that southeast region of pennsylvania what are you seeing as far as that stuff goes yeah i I, yeah echo exactly what you said like Yeah. yeah he might be he might be using that same bed he might even use that same bed maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would agree that like, you know, I definitely think like you can narrow it down to a, for me, I could narrow it down to like a specific laurel patch or a uh, specific, you know, section uh, of thicket or greenbrier or whatever. Um, but, and I'm not one, I'm not one either to like, yeah, I'll scout, uh, you know, during the winter or preseason uh, scout into those bedding areas some, but, I'm, I was never one to like, you know, put a camera right on the bed or, or, yeah. or that type of thing. All I really care about is I know that he's going from A to B um, and I want to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I like that. Cause that's one of the aspects that I think I've gotten a better job at of kind of looking at that map. And if I have a camera, say in a transition area or somewhere, and I could look at the timestamp and I know it's pretty darn close of looking then at the topo features or somewhere maybe I scouted, like you said, in the off season where I don't too care about going into the bedding quote unquote area. And I could kind of look at it and like, okay, I know he's like, this is where either a doe group is bedding or where this specific buck is bedding because of I'm getting these pictures at a certain time where it's in that transition area. That's what, like you said, that's where I've, I've kind of learned and, and, and has grew, grew, grew a lot as a hunter. I'll tell you what, the one, the one thing that I want to ask you about is with the data going back to like last year's buck, like you killed him during, I think 
in that sweet spot of, of November when we had, when it seemed like to be really good for everybody, it just seemed like it was kind of tough. And then it was like that 12, 13 timeframe and everybody was dropping bucks. Uh, what, what was, you know, what played into last year's, uh, rut hunting buck kill, uh, for you? Dude, last year was, I would say last year was probably one of my, my toughest seasons. Um, mentally, I would say, um, just wasn't seeing, seeing the bucks, you know, on the hoof as much as I thought I was, you know, as in previous years, um, a lot of like, yeah, like dark activity, midnight activity stuff. Um, and then actually ended up missing one of my target bucks. Uh, I believe it was November 1st. Okay. Uh, just, just like a fluke. Yeah. It was jump the string 30 yards, you know, that, that spot at 30 yards where, uh, he was either gonna, I was either gonna smoke him or, or was gonna miss him. Mm-hmm. But that being said, so kind of mentally draining, um, but knew that I was able to put the time in. And for me, when it comes to, to killing like a specific buck, you know, I don't chase the whole year after one specific buck. You know, I usually have two or three that I can, that I can usually get on at some point in time. Uh, but when it comes to chasing a specific buck like that, you know, now, for me, this, this mid to this late October time frame for me is the perfect time to do that. And so I knew as I kept rolling later and later into, into November, it was going to be a lot harder. Um, and the buck I ended up killing, um, was not like I hadn't had pictures of him for, uh, it was probably 10 days. I didn't know if he got shot. Don't know. had no idea where he was, but I knew that I need to put some time, uh, in a tree and, it was actually one of those days where the dates lined up, but the weather didn't. Um, it was, it was warm and really, really windy, uh, made a move, uh, midday, um, up against the bedding area and ended up shooting that deer at two o'clock in the afternoon. He was by himself. And I believe it was like a 72 degree day or something. It was the middle of the day. It was hot. Um, what a, a day that you wouldn't expect uh, a buck like that to be on his feet, but I think he was in between does. Um, he was also coming from a water source. So I was kind of like, man, I gotta, I gotta get where it's cooler, uh, get where there's more of a canopy, get where it's thicker. Um, and also be kind of close to water. But that year, uh, that year I had pictures of, um, going all the way back to May and then he just transitioned transitioned off um and kind of disappeared and i think you know chasing does that begin in november time uh and that can also work that can work in your favor too also yeah. of, of pulling other bucks in uh but that deer that deer was yeah ended up being uh actually to this date is still my my biggest archery buck so i was i was yeah i was super stoked to be able to put an air on him and uh end my season like that so Dude, I'll, I'll tell you what, I love hearing that the things that you did on a hot day, you still went out after it because man, like you said, deer are going to do, still do deer things and you're lucky enough that you're in the right spot in that right time. And you're like, Hey, I got to get somewhere where it's a little bit cooler, you know, and, and by cooler, like you said, it finds some canopy. I know like for, for me, I'm thinking I got to find some hemlock. Like that's like for my, yeah, that's yeah. my terrain feature. That, that would be one. And like you said, water and dude, looking back at some of the deer you've killed the last couple of years, like your 20 buck 
your 2022 and even this year's buck dude those eight those eight point i mean i know you got some kickers on some are just they look like they're friggin' brothers they're, they're like all cousins yeah. it's, it's crazy yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 really cool to be able to see that how how uh you know sometimes you walk into a guy's shop or whatever and it's like oh man i can tell those deer all came from off the same piece or the same area <laughs> or whatever and it's pretty cool that they all kind of have that same that same gene yeah you know different deer throw different stuff but uh it's definitely it's, it's pretty cool that's awesome man anything else that you could think of obviously like you said using that data uh and, and keeping that journal anything else that's been really something that you think has really helped you over the last couple of years with with the consistency um going way back even when i was younger uh it seemed like every year i would have it I would have a chance at, at a really good deer. Um, it was either, you know, either you would screw up on a shot or, you know, I've done that plenty of times, screw up on a shot on a good deer, or it was, I would shoot a different buck, um, and be perfectly happy with the deer that I shot stoked about it. But then you're either turkey hunting or you're bear hunting, or, you know, I was either sitting with one of my siblings or somebody didn't have a buck tag or was out, you know, doing a little push or something, you'd always have a chance. Seems to me like every year I'd always get a good chance at a buck. Yeah. Um, and so at a really good buck, I should say. And so I don't know when I just kind of, as a hunter, you kind of transition through, through different stages. But for me, it was like, okay, you know, maybe I won't shoot that first buck that, that comes in, you know, that, you know, maybe I'll let that one go and see and see what happens. And it seemed that, between spending more time in the woods, uh, is some of it too, but, but capitalizing on those chances that I, that I was able to get, um, I started, uh, I don't know, it was maybe 2015, 2013. I started getting into target archery a lot. Um, so for me shooting tournaments, uh, has been the closest thing to, to putting myself in a big buck situation. Like now I get more nervous shooting a tournament than I do shooting a buck. Yeah. Um, so brushing up and putting everything in my favor of like, okay, yeah, you might still screw up on some shots, but the odds are, are, you know, in my favor a little bit more, I feel like. Um, and yeah, and just being patient. And I think also scouting too. I've scouted a lot more, uh, to put myself in, in, in those situations to get more chances at good bucks. So, yeah. I would say, yeah, uh, that's just, I don't know. You were talking before about, you know, like how you, like how you so consistent or whatever. I, I just think that I was trying to think about that question. It's just, I think for me growing as a hunter, um, and just, I don't know. I, like I said before, I'm blessed to be able to put, put a lot of time, put a lot of time in the woods and the more you're out there, the more you're going to see and, and learn the spots that you hunt. Um, and yeah, cataloging data like that. Um, those are just some of the, some of the things. Um, and let's be honest, there's, there's a little bit of luck that, that rolls into, into, yeah. into your hunting season too. Like you said, how we, we discussed earlier about being more calculated in, in your goals. Like you said, like, depending on what you want to do, you know, my, I had specific goals here for PA and I have, I have some things going on my, with my family, with, with, with it and everything like that. And all good things is I don't say that in a, in a negative way. I say that in a positive way. So I knew for me, it was like, okay, 
I know I have some really good deer on camera, but I want to be calculated because I have a Maryland tag and I have an Ohio tag. And I know I would like to do those some point in time of the year again. And it wasn't for me that I was going to say, okay, the first legal buck that I see in PA, I'm shooting it. I was, I was going to shoot the first one that made me grab my bow. And, uh, and my, the day that I killed mine, I, I shot a doe and then about seven minutes later, this buck came up and I initially was like, no, he give him some time, all that type of stuff. And then he, he like looked at me at one point. So I got a better look. I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely, he's, you know, as a mountain buck, I'm like, okay, I'm okay. He's definitely something. And I just ranged an area and I put a great shot on him. He bounded like one big leap and he just dropped. I'm like, okay, uh, I just killed two deer. I've never done that before. This is awesome. I have a chance to do this with my dad again. And I mean, I was tickled pink, man. I know he's, he's a six pointer, but I was like, okay, so now I could go to Maryland. Now I could go to Ohio because now next year I am going to have different goals in Pennsylvania. Not saying that I want to only hunt a specific buck if this buck survives, but okay, I'm not going to shoot the first 6.7 point buck. Maybe like I will have a different goal. You know what I mean? So, so you learn, you learn as you're going and dude, for me, my goal to get back to this year was to be, uh, and I don't want to sound like a dick, but like I wanted to be a killer again. You know what I mean? And it just, it just felt right. It felt good. And I was like, okay, um, five sits, five deer down. Like, let's go, let's go on some more adventures. Let's continue to learn. Let's continue to grow. Right. Dude, that's a, that's crazy. Being able to like, yeah, first off, I've never pulled a double off like that. So, so hats off to you. Uh, but like being able to, you know, and everybody's situation is different. Everybody's, you know, work schedule and you maybe only got Saturdays to hunt. Um, you have limited time. And, and for you doing, doing your postseason scouting and preseason scouting, being really calculated with your moves and going in, uh, that's, I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. And like, and back to your, back to your goals. It's like, you know, one of my goals, this, like my goal this year was, was to shoot a three and a half year old. Um, and that's what I did. Um, and be able to back and, you know, back to back, uh, in that three and a half year old class or, or older, uh, was something that I wanted to set, but tell you the truth, like, if there's a buck that comes in front of me that gets me excited, like what? Do you, I mean, if you don't get excited when you're hunting anymore, I guess I mean what? What are you out there for? Right. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not here to buck shame anybody. Uh, exactly. Uh, you you shoot what makes you happy, and 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 that's I mean that's what hunting is. I mean everybody can make everybody can make uh, make it what they want it to be. Dude, and bow hunting's freaking hard. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, like, like, like you said, dude, like that doe that I got on film, like she was like 29 yards, I think like on the dot, like 29 point something. And in the tree, I'm like thinking, oh yeah, that's a chip shot. But when you, when I replayed it and I put it on that bottom third and I replayed that video, I was like, oh my gosh, like she jumped that string like nuts. I couldn't believe it. And, and in, in real life, I didn't notice that like eight seconds later, heard a crash knew exactly. Like I, I walked right to her. The blood trail was unbelievable. And then I'm watching that film. I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I would have aimed higher, I would have either one mister or two spined her. Like it was just nuts. It, like, right. you know, those are things, details that 
man, bow hunting, it, it, like when people say it's inches, it literally is no matter the good, the bad, the ugly, like it, you know, so I, dude, like you said, any kill, especially with the bow, man, I always applaud. And like, when I say congrats and I, and I share anything along those lines, like, dude, I truly mean it because like I said, it is not easy. Yeah, dude. And like, and dude, that 30 yard distance for me, that's, that's one of the hardest, the hardest distances to shoot, to shoot a deer at. They have enough time to react. Um, and, and yeah, like to me, I'd rather shoot a deer at, you know, I'd rather shoot a deer at, at 40 than, than 30. Yep. Um, it seems like, I don't know, I've had, had less, you know, less reaction, uh, at 40 than I've had at, at 30. Every deer I've shot at, every deer I've shot at 30 has, has done something or crawled out of their skin at some point in time. <laughs> Are you looking to improve your hunts? Well, look no further than using Trophy Tracks. A hunter's journal enables hunters to maintain a record of hunting information in real time or post-hunt, including the date, time, location, and weather conditions. By using Trophy Tracks and integrating trail cam pictures, hunters can identify patterns in animal activity over time, helping them predict the best hunting opportunities. Utilizing trophy tracks, hunters can keep an unlimited number of journal entries, ranging from scouting trips to live hunt records, preserving each of their hunting experiences. And check it out over at trophytracks.com. <laughs> I like it. So I, there is a piece before we dive into this year's stuff already. The one thing that I do want to go back to is mentality. And I want you to maybe talk about, uh, I'll, I'll frame it here, but I want you to possibly think about how things Obviously, if this airs right before a rifle season chat, like if someone struggles during archery, how are they going to be able to maybe mentally turn it around during rifle season or something along those lines? But like, I guess describe what you were going through last year. Like you said, I know you talked about it. You weren't seeing the deer and how that mentally maybe made it like what, uh, like forced a toll on you last year and how you were not going to go through that again this year. And what would you do for gun season, basically? Because I'm sure that's happened to you where archery season did not tag out. And then obviously during rifle season, you got to reset and get going. So in a nutshell, last year, what did you go through and how are you, what did you do to not deal with that for this year? Um, yeah, last year, uh, just, you know, let, let, you know, something, if you screw something up for me and, you know, I missed a buck last year, you can't dwell on that for starters, you know, stuff happens and, and you just got to pick yourself up and, and start over tomorrow's another day. Um, and just, um, you know, I'm naturally a, a pretty competitive person. So, um, to me, you know, it's not, it sounds funny, but it's almost a game like, okay, deer won this day. Yep. You know what, but guess what? Tomorrow it's my turn. Um, and just, you know, don't be, you know, don't get yourself down on stuff. Um, you know, put one foot in, for, in front of the other and, and just be able to, I don't know. And to me, and also being patient and not getting, not getting discouraged. I know I'm trying to think. I, Bo Marconic has a, has a line where he talks about, you know, it's like the rut is whatever it is, however many, it's, it's hours of, hours of silence or whatever. And then just seconds of chaos or something like that. <laughs> uh, I've heard him talk about that before. Uh, uh, and that's pretty much, you're just looking for that, you know, your season can change in 30 seconds, like, and, and just being, being, uh, you know, not stuck on your phone up a tree, you know, or, or, you know, being going in, going in with a mindset to kill, 
Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing I think that I, I switched a little bit is like, okay, yeah, I do, you know, there are sometimes I'm on limited time or, you know, we got to get something done and you only can get out in the evening. Uh, going with the mindset of like, okay, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to kill, not to take the fun out of it. But if you look at it as, 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 you know, I have a job to do and, and we're going to do it. Uh, I think for me staying, that's, that's one thing that's helped me stay like, you know, mentally strong. And then as far as the rifle season thing, um, same deal, man. If you can, if you can put time in a tree, stuff's going to happen. Um, and I know rifle season, the pressure goes up significantly. Um, if you can figure out, you know, some escape routes of where those deer go when they get pressured, um, that's that's it that's a good a good key to to try to to try to get close to that area um and just putting your time put your time in a tree i know that i know that sounds very cliche because that's i mean that's what everybody tells you to do but you know those all day sits i know those all day sits aren't fun but sometimes that's what you got to do um you never know when you get a cruiser rolling by it at one o'clock when everybody else is going back for lunch um and if that's you know I know how the hunting camp, the hunting camp thing is like everybody wants to, you know, enjoy, you know, hanging out with everybody. And that's part of it too. But, uh, for me, being able to put those all day sits in, um, day after day, uh, is one thing that's, that's helped too. And I don't, and I don't want to like make it sound like I, I make this, like, you know, I go out all serious or whatever. Sometimes there's, you know what, sometimes after a day of work or whatever, I do want to crawl up a tree yep. and just relax. Yep. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, I love, I love being out in the woods enjoying God's creation and, 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 and just being able to, to sit and relax. But guess what? There's sometimes where we got to go, we got to go kill some. Yep. <laughs> I like it, man. Well, let's, let's get a, that'd be a good transition of to this season, man. Cause you have, like I said, you have laid the hammer down already on a Turkey, on a buck and on a bear. And you've done it all in the same week, which is freaking impressive, man. So I don't know which, I guess you want to go in order. Uh, 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 of, of yeah the, yeah we can do that yeah let's do that yeah. okay so i guess the bear was the bear was first um there's i wish i could i wish i had this long elaborate story about the bear but i really don't um i guess as everybody knows if you bear hunted in, in pa uh it's, it's a luck thing it's a chance thing um and i've done the whole the whole drive thing you know you have a full roster of guys and you're going doing that and you know, I've been on I've been on drives where yeah, guys have gotten some, um, but for me, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it the right way. Um, actually, last spring or two springs ago, I I headed west to Idaho on a spring bear hunt, spot and stalk in the mountains. Oh, nice! Um, and it was like probably my favorite you know western trip I've been on so far, um, and ended up missing a bear. Um, so that just made my 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 uh, pursuit for a bear even higher. Um, and so I knew that, you know, you put your time in, you're going to have, you're going to have a chance at some point in time. Um, and so it was, uh, it was the 21st, um, the last day of the, of the Pennsylvania, uh, inline season for bear. Um, it was really, really windy. Uh, the deer movement was like nothing. Um, I was hunting on top of a ridge, um, and kind of wondering why I was even there. And so, I, I got down, um, thought about going back for lunch, but I'd also, uh, prepared to sit. I mean, I, you know, packed a sandwich or whatever, uh, and, 
and had some food and extra water and stuff to sit all day with the possibility of doing that. Um, and decided to do, to dive in, um, try to get out of the wind, uh, on the north side and, and tuck down in tight to a bedding area. Um, took my inline along, did a hanging hunt down in there. Uh, and I had a camera down there that I was actually getting, you know, there was a lot of buck activity. So I was mm. really excited to really excited to sit in there, but knowing that the wind was going to be, you know, it was gusting and, and all this stuff going on. I know for me, anything over, you know, anything over 10 mile an hour on a wind, it seems like the deer movement, at least where we're at, seems to be suppressed pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, went in, you know, set my stand, set my sticks, uh, got up a tree. Um, <laughs> I say that, you know, I got up a tree in time to get everything set up, but, and get settled in. But I wasn't able to get bored yet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. <you know? laughs> yep. And being able to, and so I'm sitting there, it's really windy, couldn't hear a thing. And if you ever seen a bear walking through the woods, man, they don't make a sound, especially when, it, it's I mean, bizarre. I've had it go either way. Dude, yeah, it is I know. so it's like, bizarre. It's like also you look up and there's a bear or else I've also had them, you know, where they're just trucking through and it sounds like, sounds like a whole herd of elephants through the woods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I just was sitting there, I looked up, and there's a bear at 20 yards coming through the laurel. Um, was able to, to grab my muzzleloader, um, and by this time he uh, gets behind. I was facing the tree. By this time he gets, gets behind my tree and has a right-handed shot. Um, he's on the right side of the tree. So I had to do the whole, you know, lean, swing around to the other side. And his right-handed shot is kind of awkward. You know, you're kind of all twisted up a little bit. Um, I had my scope backed out at three power. Um, was able to follow him through the brush and was able to see with my scope backed out three power, was able to see my different openings. Um, was able to follow him through and squeeze the shot off. Um, knew right away that I hit him. Uh, and going back, we had trail camera pictures of a bear, uh, but it was, bears are really hard to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew it wasn't a cub, uh, but, but uh, I had no idea what I shot. Uh, so, uh, was able to, to, to call my dad right after the shot. Um, and he was, I was, you know, Hey dude, I shot a bear, you know? And so we were able to, to get him. He was, he came down, um, we went to the side of the shot and it ended up the bear only went 30 yards, ended up heart shooting him, uh, which was, I'll, I mean, I made a good shot, but he, uh, he walked right into that, uh, was, uh, was kind of a lucky shot, but ended up only going 30 yards and we, we walked up to him this is the first time I've ever walked up to something and been like, like now what? Cause I had no idea what I shot. Like a lot of times with the deer, you're like, okay, he's an eight point. You walk up, you know, he doesn't really change. He's an eight point. Yeah. He might grow or he might shrink a little bit, right. but this is the first time I've ever walked up to something and been like, no, now what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> so he ended up, he ended up field dressing at, uh, 478 pounds. Um, an estimated live weight, uh, is like 525, 550, somewhere in there. Um, and so it was just me and him. We were able to, able to get him on a deer cart, um, and, and, and be able to, you know, work him out a little bit until, till the wheels on the deer cart folded over. Um, and then at this point, we were able to, uh, get a, get a tractor in, um, and be able to put him on the bucket. So from the time, uh, that we got to the bear, it was 330. And then we ended up, he, we got him in the back of the truck, I believe at seven thirty, I believe. So that whole time we were working at it. So it was, it was quite a chore. Yep. Um, uh, he was, he had one ear tag in him. 
And when I talked to the to the warden that checked that checked the bear, I was a research bear, um, which is pretty cool. He wasn't like uh, relocated uh, or a trouble bear or anything. So it was a research bear, and they let him go. They caught him in May, and they let him go pretty soon after that. Um, so uh, hopefully, I'm getting the biologist report uh, from all the research and stuff that they did uh, why they had him there. So that'll be. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be pretty cool. Sweet man. It is really cool. So that's so that was your first PA bear. That yeah, first PA bear, first bear ever. So nice. I was I was pretty stoked. So went all the way to Idaho to try to shoot a to try to shoot a bear and just had to stick close to home, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the buck came. Yeah, and so that was on Saturday. Um, had to regroup a little bit, uh, you know, Sunday Monday, uh, but there was a cold front hitting. Uh, on I believe that was Tuesday morning. Uh, went back in actually to the same to the to the same spot uh, where I did the hanging hunt, just because I had such good buck activity in there. There were scrapes there. Um, it was on the edge of a, a thick laurel bedding area, um, and a trail crossing where there were bucks cruising back and forth. Uh, I was like, I knew if I put my time in there, it's going to be a good spot, uh, at least in the morning, anyways. Um, and then the day started heating up. Um, and decided to to make a move. Um, and that's one thing too, that I was going to mention before is of not being of, of, you know, talk about putting your time in and that doesn't mean necessarily just sitting in the same spot for 14 hours a day. That might mean you put your time in at a spot and then you make a move, you know, a calculated move, not just bounce around all over the place. Right. Um, so, so knowing that I had this buck, um, uh, nighttime, nighttime pictures of this buck. And it seemed like he would be there for, he would be there for like two days in a row and then he'd disappear for a day. And then he'd be there for two days in a row and disappear for a day. So I had a little bit of a pattern on him, um, but was waiting for that first daylight picture. Uh, and, uh, I didn't have a cell. I don't have, I don't run any cell cams. I run all SD cards. Um, and, uh, checked a card, uh, at where, where he was, um, and he had daylighted Sunday night, I believe at six thirty. Okay. Um, he was with a doe, and I was like, "Okay, so he daylighted, but am I a day late? Um, mm-hmm. Should I have been in here Monday?" But he wasn't. I didn't have a picture of him Monday, but he was there. He would have been there. Uh, I think he was there in the middle of the night Saturday, and then was there Sunday, and he wasn't there Monday. I was like, "Okay, I have a feeling that he's going to show back up." Um, so I actually went back, uh, had a nap. I'm still recovering from this whole, this whole bear, bear ordeal here. <laughs> yep. uh, went back, had a nap, uh, got back up a tree. Um, I forget what time I got in, but ended up a doe coming out. Uh, and I was actually, uh, talking to my wife at the time, uh, while I was up the tree and I was like, Oh man, I just had a doe come out, you know, and she knew I was chasing this buck. Um, and don't you know, like no sooner did I, you know, text her that, you know, this doe is coming out, you know, I'll talk to you later or whatever. Uh, all of a sudden I heard, you know, grunting coming from, coming from the wall, uh, onto this green plot, uh, and grabbed my bow. And this is one thing that, you know, it just come from experience. I grabbed my bow and he was coming on a trail. I seen the deer, didn't know what his headgear was, but pulled my bow back being ready. Um, you know, we can always let down if it's a deer that you're not looking for or don't want to shoot. Um, comes out, seen, seen which deer it was. Um, and he ended up, uh, trotting right across the food plot. And I was able to make, 
make a perfect shot on him. He only went 50 yards. I seen him, I seen him fall over. Um, wow. It was just, it was just a really cool, a really cool hunt. And I, that, that was at 4:30, I believe I shot that deer. Wow. So he daylighted, he daylighted, you know, two hours earlier than he did on Sunday. Um, that cold so front, yeah, was, that, that, that cold front, I know it was more so in the morning. Do you think that anything like along those lines played a role into that? Or, I mean, obviously you heard him grunting, not that, that he's, yeah. he, you know, he's just probably harassing the doe in, in, in a way. And man, cause I, I, I've said it before around that time frame, back at home, I've had, I've been in the tree and I've been like, all I would hear at the bottom are a ridge below me. I could hear, I'm like, what? are you kidding me? Like what's going on here? And I would do like a soft grunt call, nothing crazy, just another similar like noise right back at them. And they they'll come up and whether it's a younger deer or a shooter deer that just wouldn't come in range. Like I've, I've had that experience too. So what any, what do you, what do you think really caused him to, to daylight that early? I, I, I honestly think it was, it was partially that doe, the daylight picture I had, he was with a doe. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that he was, you know, full fledged, yeah, full fledged bedded with her and all that. But the doe obviously had, had, had some, had some part in it because it just seemed like just judging off the pictures and the deer that I seen, you know, a doe's a doe, but it seemed it could have been the same doe that he was with. Um, and just kind of sticking with her, not necessarily, but like you said, pestering her. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think the cold front definitely had, had something to do with it because I don't know why a deer would change going from, you know, going from midnight, consistent midnight pictures to all of a sudden daylighting at, at four thirty. Also had, I, I think the cold front had something to play with it, yeah. um, but also the dates too, looking back, you know, the 24th, I've killed a buck in the exact same spot. I uh, kill at five o'clock, I think. So it was pretty cool to be able to, you know, those, those are killer dates. Yeah. Uh, the 24th of October for me is, is, is a really good day. Heck yeah, man. And then, <laughs> so that was what day? That was Tuesday. That was Tuesday, the twenty fourth. Yeah. And then Saturday, when turkey season rolls around, you smack your turkey. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was crazy. <laughs> uh, that, that day, so that was the twenty eighth, and and last year that was my best day in the woods as far as me too. As bucks, really? Yep, that's crazy. So yeah, like I seen, I think last year I seen seven different bucks on the twenty eighth. Um just running around harassing does. Um, same deal was a cold front where this was, you know, this year was at least where we were is completely opposite. It was really, really warm. Um, and I ended up actually seeing before I shot the Turkey, I ended up seeing three different bucks that morning. So there again, the 28th, uh, the 28th is a really good day that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, but it was ended up sneaking in there. Uh, it honestly, I don't know if it was the warm weather, but it sounded like it was May 5th. Like, I mean, there were birds gobbling all over. That's the first time I've really had a lot of gobbling action in the fall. Um, I've only ever killed one other fall, fall turkey. And it was a shotgun. It was going to be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was up a tree and then decided to make a move, get down out of my stand, and ended up being able to, to sneak up on this bird. Um, and he worked his way, you know, worked his way down through and actually pitched off the pitched off the roost um I, I got a little bit close and he pitched off the roost and was actually able to shoot him right before he hit the ground so dude that is um, wild it was it was yeah it wasn't like your typical spring hunt but i did actually you know i was able to call a couple other birds in just not quite in range 
and knew that this was my last ditch effort. Um, and I had to try to make something happen. Uh, so it was, it was pretty cool. He had a 10 inch beard on him. Uh, I think Dang. it was my best. Yeah. It, it, was, it was bigger than another fall bird I shot. So it was, it was a crazy experience. And, you know, afterwards the birds were gobbling, the hens were going off. Um, it was, it was just really cool. I love the fact that you were calculated again, hearing that like with where you were hunting, why you were hunting. Like I took, a, I took a lot out of that dude. And, um, you know, now that you've had success, like obviously last year you killed like November 12th, you know, and, and the year prior it was, it was in October, I believe. And, and everything along those lines, like, what do you do now? Like, what is your, what is your game plan? Are you still going out there scouting around and, and how do you manage tagging out early? So, uh, I actually have a, a, a New York license, so okay. I'm planning on heading up there either the end of this week or, or the, or the following. Um, so being able to have New York pretty close is, is really cool. Um, at least for me, it's, it's pretty easy to run up there. Um, and, and hunt another state, um, pound some public land. Uh, that's one thing I've been, that's really fun is being able to, to, you know, break down some pieces and, and doing that up there. And it's, dude, that public land stuff is, it's hard. Like I've had some oh, success yeah. on it, but it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, a little bit of a learning curve for me, honestly. Um, but really enjoy, you know, my time up there and, and being able to put those pieces down. And then also, um, I'd like to get my wife out, uh, some here. Hopefully, um, try to catch some of the rut action here in PA. Um, she hasn't been able to hunt uh, too much since uh, our daughter was born, but I'd love to get her out here. Um, then I have uh, some younger siblings that, that hunt too, so possibly either sit with them or, you know, um, helping different buddies out. Um, but pretty much right now the goal is to get my wife out and also and also head to New York and, and see if I can tag out on, on – on some deer up there. So nice, man. Well, dude, you still got to get another Turkey come spring. Cause you got your spring tag. Yeah. Still. Yeah. 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 Dude, that the Turkey hunting thing, I'm, I'm definitely ate up by that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got, you know, my two tags here. I got the special, the special, uh, spring Turkey tag here in Pennsylvania here. So hopefully take out some birds. Uh, last spring was a little rough, but see if we can, we can, uh, turn around and, and be able to kill some spring birds too. I appreciate you, Chad, coming on. And just after this conversation, you fired me up, dude. I, I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future. And I wish uh, nothing but the best of luck to you the rest of the way up in New York and everything else that you have going on. Where could people find you, follow along with what you got going on, dude? Hey, well, first off, thanks for having me on, man. It was awesome to be able to finally link up and, uh, yeah, be able to have a conversation. Uh, Mainly just Instagram. Uh, Ninety seven Chad is my is my Instagram handle. Um, I, I'm not really I'm not really anybody, but you know I love to hunt, love talk hunting, and uh, I love it. Yeah, I just enjoy I just enjoy spending time in the woods. I love it, dude. I appreciate it so much, and and uh, I'm telling you, people, go follow Chad along with what he's got going on because the dude's a killer. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to more. Uh, if, if you like what you hear people, uh, make sure you're, you're following along with what we got going on with antler up, but definitely go check chat out and uh, we'll see you next week. Everybody, best of luck to you out there. Antler up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the antler up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and go wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, 
Antler up.